When I was in middle school, for about two days, I wanted to become a lawyer. I went to a career day and I saw a presentation given by a lawyer and I thought, I could do that. And now, obviously that didn't happen. And it's a good thing it didn't because if you know anything about me, it's that I would be a terrible lawyer. I just don't have a personality for it. I'm easily persuaded by other people and it just wouldn't have been a good thing. So thankfully that was like a two day thing. But the fact of the matter is that another good reason why I didn't pursue being a lawyer is because in our culture, the, the culture in the, the wider area, uh, <laughs> the wider culture that we live in, have a bad reputation for lawyers, right? Lawyers are, aren't necessarily looked at as being the most reputable of people, right? And whether that, that, I don't think that's true. I think there's some lawyers that do a really good job. There's some lawyers that, you know, represent good companies, and there's some lawyers that represent people who need advocacy and who need defending in a court of law. But regardless, our culture widely has this stereotype that lawyers kind of work the edges of the law. They work the angles. They try to interpret the law in order to benefit themselves and the people they're representing. And apparently they also don't know how to use Zoom, right? <laughs> but uh, additionally, lawyers are the fifth most distrusted profession in the country. That's what a Gallup poll said, a poll that was taken earlier this, this year, that, that lawyers are the fifth most distrusted profession in the country. And if you are a lawyer or if you know one, take some comfort in the fact that at least you're more trustworthy than members of Congress who ranked first in dishonesty and car salesmen who are third. But I think the reason why the Pharisees, why they had such a bad reputation in the Bible, why they get a bad rap today, is because of the fact that they were basically lawyers, right? They studied the law. They, they poured their lives into studying God's law, into learning it. They prosecuted people in the streets like we see in the Bible. And they worked the angles of the law. They interpreted the law to benefit themselves or, or to give themselves more power. And so it's no wonder why Jesus was so un unhappy with them, why he was so ticked off at them, because the Pharisees were misusing the law for their own benefit. We learned last week that God's law, its sole purpose is all about love, right? That we follow God's law in order to, to love God and in order to love the people around us. That's what we established last week. And so you can understand why Jesus is so upset at the Pharisees for misusing that law, for twisting it in order to benefit themselves. Here's what he says in our reading for today. He says to the Pharisees, you abandon the commandments of God to follow human traditions. Because of your traditions, you have destroyed the authority of God's word. And now we can glance over that pretty quickly, but that's a pretty harsh accusation from Jesus. And he, he accuses them of this because he's seeing it happening. They, they, the Pharisees are using purity laws, right? Laws about how you have to wash your hands before you eat, how you have to keep all the utensils clean, how you have to separate yourselves from, from unclean things and people. They use these laws in order to, to separate themselves from people they don't want to deal with, right? And the other thing that's happening here is Jesus is pointing out that the Pharisees they spend their whole life studying the law, right? They spend all their time doing that. And that's an excuse for them to get out of some other responsibilities. 
They offer up their time, their, their life, their, their possessions as Corbin, as an offering to God, right? And that means that they get out of some responsibilities and obligations like they have to their parents when they are in need or to their extended families or to the needy people in Jerusalem, in the, in the place where they lived. They didn't spend time helping them out as much as they spent it going over the law and using it for their own benefit. Finding loopholes to exploit for their own interests. So my question is, as Christians, do we try to do this too? As Christians, do you try to find loopholes in the law or in the Christian life to exploit? Do you ask yourself the question, what does the law require? What's the bare minimum that I have to do in order to be a Christian or in order to, to be a part of this congregation or a part of the, the, or live the Christian lifestyle? Is God's law to you more of an obstacle that you have to work around in your life than an opportunity to love the people around you? I know one person who would probably answer yes to all those questions. And that person's name is, is Mr. Bare Minimum, okay? So Mr. Bare Minimum, he does just enough to get by in every aspect of his life, right? Mr. Bare Minimum is married and he has a wife named Mrs. Bare Minimum. And they have two kids, good enough and just fine. And Mr. Bare Minimum, in his work, he, he does just what he's required to do. He skates by just doing the required work for himself, just enough so that he doesn't get fired, right? And then in, with his marriage and with his family, he does the bare minimum just to make sure, he puts in the bare minimum of effort uh, into his family and into his marriage just to make sure there's no arguments or conflicts going on, right? And Mr. Bare Minimum, when it comes to church, he'll show up every once in a while. He'll show up at the, at the early service, even though it's spring forward Sunday, but he isn't going to give any more of his time than he has to to the church, any more of his time or of his possessions than is required of him. And Mr. Bare Minimum, he's going to do just enough to keep all relationships in his life going, but only just enough. Does Bare Minimum, Mr. Bare Minimum sound familiar to you? I think there's plenty of times in my life where I can, I can live like Mr. Bare Minimum. I think if you look back at your life, you can see sometimes where you did the same. The fact is, as Christians, it's really easy for us to become bare minimum Christians, right? To do just enough in order to get by, in order to be part of a church or, or consider yourself Christian or live a Christian lifestyle as, as culture defines it. We ask the question, what can we get away with doing and with not doing? What are the things that we have to do in order to be a part of this group? And what are some things that we can avoid? What are some loopholes we can slip through when it comes to living the Christian life? I mean, after all, if, if the only thing we need to do to be a Christian is to be a part of the church and to believe in Jesus, then why should we do anything above that? Why should we do anything else? We ask, what does the law require? What does the Christian life require from us? We're going to do the bare minimum of that.
The problem with that mindset and with that question, what does the law require, is that that's not the question that Jesus asked in his ministry. Jesus didn't ask, what does the law require? Jesus asked, what does love require? Because you want to know what, if Jesus asked, what does the law require, then you and I, we'd be in big trouble. Because the law requires death if you don't obey it. It requires punishment. It requires separation from God. But Jesus' love, God's love for you, is much bigger than, than just the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments and the law is an outline of what God's love looks like, but God's love is so much bigger than that. It's so much more expansive than just the law. God's love went above and beyond what the law required. God's love put Jesus, his only son, on a cross so that you and I can be in a right relationship with him. God's love went above and beyond, and it looks like Jesus, his only son, dying on the cross, God giving up his only son so that he can adopt you as his children, people who, who simply can't fulfill the law, who can't even get close to even fulfilling any part of the law. God's love looks like sacrifice. It looks like selflessness. It looks like humility, helping the helpless, forgiving the unforgivable, and everything else that Jesus did during his ministry. That's what God's love looks like. And so because we've been adopted, because we've been made adopted children of God, we're called to act like his children, like his son Jesus did. And God's family, family we're a part of, is not a bare minimum family. God's family is an above and beyond family because that's what God did for you. That's what Jesus did for you. He went above and beyond what was required of him. He died on a cross and rose again so that he can die with you and you can rise with him. That's above and beyond what the law required. And it, Jesus, in his death, in his resurrection, gives you access to the new creation, to the kingdom of God that is coming, that Jesus will return soon and bring all of you into. A world that's above and beyond this one, where you and I get to be face-to-face -face with Jesus and with the whole church and where we get to experience the above and beyond love of Jesus in its fullness. That's what you and I have to look forward to. Because Jesus didn't ask what the law required. He asked, what does God's love require? Let me leave you with this. Sure. You don't have to go above and beyond in your love to other people. You don't have to obey the law. It's not like it's a requirement to get into eternity. It's not like you're going to show up, Jesus is going to bring you to the new creation, and he's going to ask you at the door, oh, by the way, do you have that list of all those ways that you loved radically like I did? Do you have all those ways that you obeyed the law? He's not asking for that. He fulfilled that law. It's not a requirement to get into the new creation, to be in God's family. So you don't have to do it. But if you don't follow God's law, if you don't love radically like Jesus, then what are you forfeiting in your life? 
What are you and I forfeiting when we refuse to obey God's law and to love radically like Jesus? What things on this earth that are gifts, that are blessings, that are are aspects and truths of the kingdom of God manifest in this world? What one of those are we forfeiting? Because the fact of the matter is, everything good, everything beautiful in this world grows out of our obedience to God's law and out of our doing of God's law and out of our love, out of loving like Jesus did, a way that, that no one else ever has or could. Things like peace, prosperity, justice, community, forgiveness, love, and everything else that's good and beautiful in this world grows and comes from following God's law, which its purpose is love, and radically loving others like Jesus does for us. I mean, you can't have peace without God's law. If, if all of us were able to follow God's law, then there would be peace, right? There, there wouldn't be any struggle, any conflict. And the only reason that Jesus gives you peace is because he's fulfilled the law. He's fulfilled that relationship with you and God. He's made that right again. And you can't have justice if you don't love the person who's being oppressed. And Jesus... That's what Jesus brings. He can do God's justice in this world, justice that makes you a redeemed child of God because of his love for you. And you can't love if you can't forgive. And Jesus forgives all of you because of his immense above and beyond love for you. So as you go out this week and throughout your life, Don't be a bare minimum Christian because you don't have a bare minimum God. You have an above and beyond God who calls you to be an above and beyond Christian. Be a Christian guided by the law and motivated by Jesus' love for you, his radical love for you. Love that. They get to experience only partly now but that when he returns, we will experience in full in the new creation that he is preparing for us where where we get to be surrounded by Jesus's above and beyond love for us. So share that above and beyond love with people in your life who need to hear it. And be an above and beyond Christian, guided by the law and motivated by Jesus' radical love for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for, for everything that you bless us with today. We thank you for, for giving us your son, especially Jesus Christ. We thank you for the work that he did in his ministry and, and the death and resurrection that he underwent so that We can die with Jesus, and by dying with him, rise. We can enter into that new creation where where we will experience the fullness, the entirety of your above and beyond love for us. And we ask that until that day, you would motivate us and guide us to share that love with the people around us in our lives. We thank you, God. In your name we pray. Amen.